The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Yes, Ashing Larkin, the TV chef and the mindful eating coach, is back with me to talk about the benefits of the family meal. Is that right? Well, yeah. How to like actually enjoy a family meal? Be challenging. Have it on your own. Yeah, I know. Peace and quiet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that was a short slot. <laughs> no, we are going to try and fix the problems of the world. I, I tell you, I started, I heard a conversation um, the other day between two parents and they were basically both agreeing how they don't really do family meals anymore and how they're really happy to avoid them and not bother with them. And it was a bit of a relief not to have to do them. And that genuinely made me a little bit sad. Really? Yeah, like there's... There's huge value. There's huge value in having a family meal. And I know it can take a little bit of work, but I think there's there's huge benefits what to are doing they? it. What are some of the benefits for kids and adults of having a if family it, meal? Like if we go really basic, really basic nutrition kind of stuff, you have children will eat more fruit and vegetables. They will drink less fizzy drinks. They have lower rates of obesity for both the adult and the children. Higher self-esteem, higher positive outlook. But it's it's even more than that. Like you're modelling good behaviour. You're modelling social behaviour. You're allowing this opportunity for social connections, for conversations to happen. And I think that's what that family mealtime needs to be again. It's that kind of safe place. It's, it's the connectedness that you can bring for the family as much as the food that goes on the table. Kids ruin it though. They do. That's the problem. They do. Kids are the problem <laughs> oh. when it comes to the family meal. <laughs> like, I, they ruin I, in so many ways. They, you see, they do. do. Do yours tend to ruin it a little bit? Um, yeah, of course they do. I mean, you talk about like learning good manners. I looked at they like they could actually be sticking their hands into mashed potato, <laughs> picking it up, <laughs> dipping it into ketchup and putting it in their mouth. And, and when I kind of correct them, they look at me as if I have ten heads, as if this is the first time it's ever like occurred to them that they might use a knife or a fork. You yeah. Know? But you're like, my hands are right here. They're what's tools. Your, what's your problem? They're tools. And th- look, this is a huge part of it. I, same as you, I'm mom, three small children. I've come out of over the last couple of years feeding and weaning and toddlers and wobblers. And you, you think we're just getting them to that place of we can do this. Be ready. Yes. And you go and you prepare the meal and you go and you sit at the table. And before, before they even sit, they've made it very clear. They're not going to eat whatever concoction oh, yeah. I produced today. That's yeah. it. The knuckle push comes. They don't even want it. They protest if they're asked to bring a fork or knife to the table. It's like the end of the world that they've been asked to do a job. As soon as I sit down, there's 10 requests. You oh, know, yeah. it's, I need, I forgot. Can I have? I don't have. They drop knives and forks and then you have to bend down and pick it up. If they go and pick it up, they're going to bang their head off the table yeah. and ultimately <laughs> oh, it's going yes, to end yes, in yes. tears. They'll spit the food out because it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too sticky, it's too tickly, it's too yellow, it's too something today. And the fact that they loved what you made for them yesterday, but they've decided today, no, hate it. That's it. Point blank hate it. Yeah, my kids have gone right off like the staple of so many Irish households, the old spaghetti bolognese. They've just decided, no, we don't eat that anymore. They're just relatively recently, we do not eat spaghetti. And I said, (laughs) please don't do that to me. Okay. Like that you you because not only in this house but in other houses you'll go for plate spaghetti bolognese you will be presented with please start eating it again but they don't they don't want to eat it again the other thing that they do is they hoover up their food so if you put in the time you plate up yours after pl- sitting out by the time you sit down you, they're just like they're <laughs> scooping the last few bits into their mouth yeah oh that was a great family meal I know the average meal time lasts between somewhere between 12 and 22 minutes and on average decade on decade it is getting shorter and shorter mm. and, and look there is a little bit of that quality over quantity I think if we can get a, a solid 15 minutes together like that's good you know don't try and drag out these 30 minutes of a meal in terms of your spaghetti bolognese and we won't I think we can dive into that maybe a little bit more another day um, deconstruct that meal 
present them with just the ragu on its own. Do like baked potatoes, do cheese, break it down so it's almost like a little buffet style thing and they can okay. build their own. That will get them back in to the ragu. Just present it as Italian like Italian tapas. Way. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, do parents kind of ruin it sometimes? Yeah, we do. Uh. We do. And before we blame all of our poor little innocent children, I think we have to take a little bit of responsibility as the adult. And there's a couple of things here. And it stems back to the conversation of like, why? Why were those parents saying that they're happier to avoid mealtimes and and they don't want to do it. And as parents, I think we need to take a little bit of time to reflect. And what were our mealtimes like growing up as children? And sometimes it's not, they weren't always positive experiences. And we, I think, learned that there was discomfort maybe at the kitchen table and at mealtimes. And if we could avoid it, then we would. And now as adults, we can avoid it. What were some of those things? It might have been the fact that there wasn't a lot in the home. And actually, if you present everybody sitting at the kitchen table together, that's a really raw awareness of there's a lack of food here. Because if everyone's nibbling and moving, it's not as obvious. Mm. Sometimes there's tension, there's stress, there's arguments. And if you had to live through 10, 15 years of that as a child, if you can avoid it as an adult, maybe you will. So I think we come sometimes with those preconceived notions a little bit. So if we can park those and try and open our minds a little bit to other ways that as parents, how do we ruin um, a family mealtime? One of the top things that parents do when we sit at the table is we we kind of, we poke the bear a little bit. We tend to kind of prompt and, well, I, I, yeah, I didn't see you doing much study this week. And well, Ooh, yeah. I saw that test result you got. And I don't know, how did that training go on Tuesday? It wasn't great. And we just tend to poke and prod a little bit. Leave them alone. Leave the children alone at mealtimes. Mealtimes should be a safe, sacred, calm space that they can come. It should be your human right that you can come to the kitchen table and eat your dinner in peace and quiet. So as the parent, stop uh, You have them. to do a bit of nagging. No, nag in the car, nag on the walk, nag when you're doing the wash-up. Do not what nag at mealtimes. What if the nagging is about their table manners? Yeah, yes. You have to do that. You can't no, you don't don't. mind nagging in the car about their table manners. No. you got to no. nag at the kitchen table. Imagine if somebody was micromanaging you every minute of the day and critiquing you along the way. Park the nagging. A really good top tip for that, I think, is actually... Pick a, pick a table manners. I want to use napkins this week, you know, and say at the start of the week, you know what, we're all going to make a conscious effort to use our napkins this week. And then as they come to the table, you know what, guys, I put the napkins out, use your napkins today and then leave them alone. If they don't use them, they don't use them. It's not the end of the world. The thing that's really important to notice with all of this stuff, I think, is as the parent, when we're ruining that family meal and nagging them, the more we nag, the more they go into fight or flight mode. When they do, their cortisol levels go up. When their cortisol levels rise, appetite physiologically decreases. Okay. So, so the, that longing, that want to actually eat the food, it just knocks off their appetite. So you're actually being more deconstructive and than, than positive by, by doing the nagging. Um, another big one is, as we spoke about there, don't take offence if they don't like your food. Um, get over it. It's not I personal. All day cooking it. Uh, listen, this is my world. I genuinely spend all day cooking <laughs> yeah. it sometimes. Slow cooking the ragu and I'm telling them that I picked the herbs in the garden and it's 36 month age parmesan cheese. They couldn't give a hoot. They couldn't care less. But sometimes as families we go to this place of you know, mom spent all day cooking dinner or dad spent hours cooking this. You have to eat it because they did. From a mindful eating perspective you are setting them up with really bad behaviours and bad triggers in their brain because it's I must eat this food to show you I love you. All right. 
And okay. we don't want to do that. We don't want to believe that we have to do this action to prove to somebody that I love them and that food, if I eat this food that somebody gives me, it will make them happy. It has to be a much more neutral thing than that. Okay, so instead they should think, I must eat this food or I'll be punished. Never punish. <laughs> never punish. Never reward at the kitchen table. So I travel to the States What about rewarding ago. them? You know, never, a dessert. Never reward. I am No way. No, no. From all three of my more training. spoons. Three more <laughs> spoons and you can have a, you can have a treat. Listen, that no? is one of the, uh, honestly, it's the biggest pitfall we do as parents all of us and from a feeding therapist point of view that is one of the things you can never ever do reward them with something else never reward with that the other one is I suppose it comes to that place of um, distractions or having the TV on or having devices at the table And it's such an easy one because like I said we, we, we almost don't feel comfortable with that space for conversation and that quietness and those empty moments and actually if we can just turn off the devices, turn off the TV and, and allow that space to happen. The conversation will come, I think. But if you do want to do the TV thing, what I would suggest is if there's a big match on and everybody wants to watch the match, like shuffle the table over, shuffle the chairs over, tilt the TV and do, but make it an occasion, not every day. So in my parents' house, we would always sit in the same seat. I still will go back and probably sit in the same seat. It's not even that good a seat anyway, but my seat. <laughs> anyway, I'm not complaining. Ah, I'm you not see, complaining. from childhood. Um, and my my sister would sit, uh, my younger sister, uh, my, my both sisters younger, the youngest would sit um, to, to my right. And we would position the door into the living room in such a way that we could see the reflection of Home and Away. Oh, clever. So that we could watch it. Now, how's that? We were watching uh, a mirror image of Home and Away in silence. Uh, but you know what? It's never that complicated a storyline. You could generally follow You can follow, follow along. It. And you didn't have to talk to each other. No, that was it. You see? So we're trying to avoid that conversation a little bit. And I I think it's something that we, we, you know, we shouldn't really do. It is. It's about trying to create those moments of connectedness. Have you got co- good conversation starters then that are not... Stop picking up your mashed potatoes and <laughs> dipping them into red sauce with your hands. Listen... In Among Harvard doing much brilliant work, they have designed and developed a series of questions. They are basically family mealtime conversation (laughs) starters. They go from uh, little questions for two to seven-year-olds, eight to 13-year-olds, 14 to 100. I'll actually, I'll post some of them up on my Instagram later. So we have them. Um, But there's lots of them there that are really kind of simple. If you joined the circus, what would your circus act be? That's a good question. I'm going to ask you, what would it be? Juggling. Can you juggle? Like three things, not any more than that, though. Oh yeah, there was a good you could. <laughs> there was a joke about juggling all those kids around dinner time. You could have made there. Anyway, you resisted the temptation. Uh, yeah, I think you should post up. These are if you were a teacher and could teach your students anything at all, what would you teach them? I'm going to ask some of these uh, good, at the they? next meal time. Yeah, if you're free to do anything you wanted all day, what would you do? Perish the thought what the answer to that question might be. Anyway, Ashley Larkin, TV chef, mindful eating coach. We'll be back at the same time next week. Ashley, thank you very much. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.